Hey, everybody. Hi, friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Allison, and welcome to Out of the Average Podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey. So, today we're going to be talking about Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. He's a pretty legendary figure, I would assume. Yeah. Um, some of us may have heard of him from... Harry Potter. A, the Alchemist. <laughs> no, Harry Potter. <laughs> no, The Alchemist, The Secret of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Okay, like Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, true story, I haven't read Harry Potter, so I didn't actually <sighs> know that Nicholas Flamel was... Not not like a big part of Harry Potter, but he's kind of a part. A part. Uh, and yeah. so I was very surprised when I had brought up the topic and Megan was like, oh, Harry Potter. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm still sour about the fact that, like, <laughs> Allison hasn't read the Harry Potter series. I, I'm going to touch uh, on this In my defense, times. I have tried to read the Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, whatever you want to call it, three times. Okay. All at three different ages. Mm-hmm. So it's not for lack of trying that I Fair haven't enough. read them. Fair enough. But um, yeah, um, today we're going to yeah. talk about Nicholas Flamel. And um, honestly, he's a hard guy to Google because when you Google him, all that pops up are Harry Potter um, That's not websites. a bad thing, okay? It's not a bad stuff. Uh, bad stuff. It's not <laughs> a bad thing, but it was just kind of like, oh, I wanted sources that weren't thewizardingworld.com. But doesn't that go to tell about how mysterious of a character he is in real life? Oh, because absolutely. Because of that fact? Yeah. Absolutely. So it just, like, so... lends to this air of mystery around him. Exactly. So let's get weird, Let's we? get weird. Nicholas Flamel. Mm -hmm. He's pretty legendary. He is... There was a point in time where people weren't, like, potentially sure if he was a real person. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say that he is a real person. Um, I found out about him through the uh, the book The Alchemist, The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, which is a fiction book. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I quite have the year. The author is Michael Scott, but not quite the Michael Scott that oh we God. might be thinking of. <laughs> um, How can you not think of the office, like, immediately? Um, but, uh, that was my first introduction to him, and I didn't know he was a real person until doing a little bit more research, mm -hmm. um, yeah. into that book. Um, but, of course, he's in Harry Potter, and I haven't yeah. read Harry Potter, so Megan's here to be kind of my Harry Potter fact checker. I don't know mm -hmm. what J.K. Rowling had, um, kind of put in or created. Yeah. Not that it matters, but it'd be cool to kind of have, like, a little overview. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of controversy around him, um, he's not just a myth. He's not just a figment of JK's imagination. He was a real person. He existed in the 14th and 15th century, although his fame didn't really come until the 17th century. Mm -hmm. Um, he was claimed in the 17th century, he was claimed to be the most successful alchemist of all time. And it was unquestioned for like a century. Um, and so, um, alchemy itself. So let me, for anybody who's not familiar with it. It's um, a medieval forerunner of chemistry. It's based on the supposed uh, transformation of matter. So you may have heard mm -hmm. turning lead into gold. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that later. Um, it's also like finding a universal elixir, which we will talk about later. Megan's got a little bit of stuff. That's like the definite, like the dictionary definition of what alchemy is. Um, it's a really ancient branch of natural philosophy, um, like it was practiced all throughout Europe, um, Africa, China. Um, it's really like, yeah, the four, 
runner of like scientific yeah. discovery. And um, it is said to have originated in a Chinese text around 73 to 49 BC um, and also um, originate in Greco-Roman Egypt in the first few centuries of um Mm-hmm. I guess AD, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. Um, so first, historical facts about Nicholas Flamel is he actually had a very uneventful life. He was a bookseller. <laughs> um, he's French, I should say that. He's a <laughs> Frenchman. Um, people aren't entirely sure where he was born or the year, but people think either Paris or Pontoise, which was like a suburb of Paris, um, in 1330, but I've also seen 1340. Okay. So y- there's so, a like, lot an of... Estimate a, around yeah, I mean, I, I feel like when you get into like, <laughs> like the 14th century you're kind of like how do you really know what happened when like you, you know just what take I mean? it for what it you is take it for what it is um but yeah he was a book he was a bookseller a manuscript seller he was a scribe people say he was all of the above people say he was like one of those things but you know pretty pretty average stuff yeah. um fairly successful at that although he did have he married a woman Pernell who um actually was widowed twice so she was mm-hmm. fairly wealthy from both of previous those marriages. previous marriages so he married into some wealth um she so hooked him up it, exactly <laughs> although they also say that his wealth could have come from him doing illegal um like business uh. with jewish people which is where he could have potentially kind of learned a little bit of alchemy we'll get into that later um but uh they were childless they didn't Mm -hmm. have any children so they put a lot of their money and wealth uh towards uh charities and churches and Mm -hmm. like commissions for churches because because they didn't have children that's how they wanted their remembrance by they wanted to be known as people who really helped out the community they were like really philanthropic and exactly yeah yeah. and so um actually they they built houses for the homeless and one of these houses actually survives today it's actually a restaurant now which actually means the castle of nicholas flamel oh my gosh um and so it's also the house it's like the nicholas flamel house it was completed in 1407 and it's situated at 51 rue du montmorency is which is in the third arrondissement of Paris, and they were you could see that they were like so religious because the only um, in order to stay at this homeless house, all you had to do well, not all you had to do, but the only condition was that the people who st- like stayed there had to pray for the souls of the dead. Wow, I guess every day, and there's like even like if you look, there's maybe we'll uh, link a picture, there's like a um. Like kind of like a prayer above the door. Oh, I, I okay. believe it's a prayer. It's it's something about like praying for the uh, souls mm-hmm. of the dead. Um, and so yeah, they wanted to live on in remembrance for their charity and philanthropy, but history had a whole serious <laughs> different um plan for plan him. for them. Yeah. And so this is when we get into like the fun stuff, like not yeah, just the yeah. historical fact of Nicholas Flamel. Um, so Nicholas. So again, there was a point in time where people weren't potentially sure that Nicholas Fennell was a real person. Okay. They thought he was just like kind the of myth. a myth. Yeah. And so there are two ways that we know Nicholas Fennell was real. One, he was he had a tombstone. Oh, okay. And he had a will. And so these were two things that like signified his existence. And so his tombstone 
because the church he was buried at was destroyed at one point, mm-hmm. um, his tombstone ended up as, like, a Parisian cutting board in, like, oh a my restaurant. God. Which, it almost reminds me a little bit of Oak Island. I was just about <laughs> to say that reminds me of Oak Island. What a throwback. Oh so, my in God. Oak Island, there's, like, a plaque that there's, like, treasure buried underground, and the plaque apparently ended up in, like, a bookstore somewhere, yes. and they were looking for it. So, that just kind of, like... Yeah, Reminds me. Like, yeah. as, like, a stone to use yeah, to, like, yeah, mark, like, like, the books out of, like, the exactly, manuscripts. Like, they just, like, exactly. used it as a board. Um, but, uh, you, it, they, they've recovered it, it's been found, and you can actually see it now in the, um, in Paris, in, uh, the Musée de Cluny, which is, a, like, a Middle Ages museum. Oh, so cool. Um, and then he has a will, they found his will, and the will was dated November 22nd, 1416, and he was believed to die the following year in March... But the question is, did he actually die? Because mm. if he's like this famous alchemist. He may have found the elixir. Oh my wine. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there were actually some sightings, which I don't know. I'm a little skeptical on. People saw him like 400 years like after his death in India with his wife. That was like wow. 17th century. And then in the 1800s, people claimed that they saw a couple at like the couple at the opera in I think in Paris um but they also like claimed to see his son with them but from what I know they he didn't have one he didn't have one so yeah. I, that's where it's like you know people are just kind of saying things during this point in time these settings happened was when Nicholas Fumel was kind of at the height of his that's what I was just about to say significance like, like the legend was like really promulgated and everything like yes. that because like since you said that the first sighting was in the 17th century and that's like about when like this like fascination with him in terms of like alchemy was mm-hmm. really starting to get off so it kind of was like okay yeah did people you see were him? seeing him so if someone it- saw his son they might have just assumed that they had yeah. children and seeing just a regular couple with their yeah. child and saying oh my god it's nicholas Flamel. like you know what yeah. i mean but then it's like so like okay I, like there were pictures I, I, I know I... Oh, have you seen pictures? Yeah. I actually, again, the research for this, I was really worried when I was doing research for this because, mm-hmm. again, when I, like, Googled his name, everything came up was, like, Harry Potter, like, sources, mm-hmm. like, Harry Potter websites. So I did, like, as much as I could, but I actually didn't see so pictures. So I've seen, like, one, like, rendition of him, yeah. I guess. Like, it was based off, like, an etching. But the thing is, is, like, I don't know when it was made. I believe that it was done at the time that he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at that point, it's, like, in terms of, like, accuracy. Yeah. Like, like, does he actually look like that or not? Because that's where I was going to say, like, if it's the 17th century that people first started claiming to have seen him again, mm-hmm. like, how would they know that it's him? Like, did he have, like, a, like, a name tag? Hello, my name is Nicholas <laughs> Mel. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how do I, they know it that's, was him? That's what I was gonna ask, too. It's kind of like... Like, I've seen one one, one thing, like... Yeah. yeah, but it's like... And I've seen that one, too. Like, it's but just, it's like, like, of his face. It's, like, not for nothing. Oh, that, no, mine was, like, a whole body. So there oh, must really? Be no there was about. one, I, a picture I saw of, mm-hmm. you know, quote-unquote Nicholas what Mel, he looked like. what he looked like. And, like, you can get, like, an idea off those things but like I feel like you'd have to have like a real famous face if you were to be recognized 400 yeah. years later yeah or at least like a character trait Especially that's like really like, significant photographs didn't exist exactly so it's like you know how is what is accurate what is yeah depicted unless of course you know the sightings at least the one in India it's like you know a guy and his wife being like oh I'm we're, Nicholas Flamel. Flamel. True, we're true. doing 
were doing charity work in India or whatever. You're right. The, whatever reason they were there. Yeah. Um, there was more than just like a, I saw his face in a crowd kind of a yeah. thing. Like it was like a we interacted with them at this event kind yeah. of thing. Fair enough. Fair, good point. But another reason that people think that Nicholas Flamel found the elixir, well, not found, like discovered, I guess, the elixir of life was because when at the height of like his significance when people were really talking about him there were um a lot of treasure hunters who Mm -hmm. dug up his grave okay him and his wife's grave and no bones were to be found um so that's that's something that kind of like well where is it like and it was could he be alive where are his bones sort of so that so it was like it was actually like buried coffins like it wasn't Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just, like, a placard or something, like, with his name? Like, they actually, like, there was supposed to be a body there. There was there supposed wasn't. to be a body there, and there wasn't. At least this is what is claimed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so they dub- dug up his grave. They found it um, empty, which made people speculate that he discovered the secret of immortality. But, in fairness, just to play devil's advocate, oh, yeah, of if course, one please. person was digging up the grave, who's to say that another person didn't dig up the grave in the first place and remove the bones? Oh, of course. I yeah. mean, I just didn't say anything. Yeah, they yeah, just they took his took, bones and her bones took... and just did it's something It's just a it. very interesting coincidence oh, that for the sure. people who would, you know, say it were not there yeah. first. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But very, very likely because, again, he was known to be wealthy, not just from Purnell's um, wealth, but mm-hmm. for doing well for himself and for his apparent illegal yeah, business. So, like, he did people so could have dug up their bodies to try mm-hmm. to take anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, 200 years after his death, what made him a legendary alchemist? We talked about this before. It was um, Flamel the alchemist was famous for, um, like, creating the philosopher's stone, which has the power to transform lead into gold. Mm-hmm. It's also known to be an elixir of life. The philosopher's stone was, of course, in Harry Potter. This yes. is a real thing. Again, not just, like, a figment of J.K. Rowling's mm-hmm. imagination. Um, so, according to legend, the philosopher's stone was a substance that could turn ordinary metals, such as iron, tin, lead, zinc, nickel, or copper, into precious metals, like gold and silver um and so it also acted as an elixir of life with the power to cure illness renew the properties of youth and even grant immortalities to those who possess it which kind Mm -hmm. of fits the bill of what nicholas Mm -hmm. Flamel was said to be the successful Mm -hmm. alchemist for um also um what else did i have here oh and the there's an assumption that like metals are all made out of or substances are all made out of the same basic elements and mm-hmm. as far as like metals it's all based on their perfection so because of this assumption it would make sense that you would be able to make lead into gold because you just need to perfect the amount of substances mm. in it okay um, so we're talking alchemy terms right now. alchemy yeah. terms yeah um so it would just need a different balance of perfection mm-hmm. in order to make it into gold so that's why people believe that you would mm-hmm. be able to do that um and then so the reason why people believe flamel was an alchemist um was because there was a book that was attributed to flamel that i i did a little bit of research and even when you google this book the exposition of the hieroglyphical figures um it's said to be written by nicholas flamel Mm -hmm. um 
but I don't know how true that is. And it was a book that he claimed to have transformed lead into gold after decoding an ancient book of alchemy with the help of a Spanish scholar familiar with the mystic Hebrew text known as the Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. So that's why people thought, and that he said he claimed to do that in 1382. And I'm not going to get into all the details because there's like a whole like journey of him going to Spain mm-hmm. and him finding these texts and him getting like these really ancient texts for like really cheap. Mm-hmm. And then like, going to like people and being like where did you find these texts and that's like explained Mm -hmm. all the alchemy but like this book that he was claimed to have written yeah like they it was published i don't know if he actually well the thing is is like he was was it was published in six in 1612 like over 200 years after After he lived yeah and so I could be missing some information. So if anybody like, well, no, that's yeah. like that's the thing is like yeah. people are like, look, you published. I couldn't this find any information on yeah. the exposition of hieroglyphical figures, other than the fact that it says it was written by Nicholas Flamel in 1612. Yeah, it was, which to just afterwards. perpetuate the the, the idea the that rumors, is, you know, yeah, yeah, which anyone oh, could have. Oh, and but the book he found that a claim to have the secrets to alchemy and the mm-hmm. philosopher's stone is the book of Abraham the Jew. That's, okay. that's the book he found, and that was the book he got translated and, mm-hmm. and found all his secrets. Um, so, um, it's interesting. He, it is really interesting. That's all it's, I really have as far as Nicholas Vamel because he is so mysterious. Yeah. He's so, so mysterious. Like, for one, like, um, the Philosopher's Stone, it's not like from what I've read, and this isn't just like a Harry Potter thing, it's not used as the elixir of mm-hmm. life but it's used to make the elixir okay. of life so like it because it is just a stone like yeah. it's just like a see they claim that well people claim because obviously mm-hmm. no one's seen the philosopher's yeah, stone yeah. they claim that it's not actually a stone but it's more of a substance that you can put over things mm-hmm. so yeah it so like makes sense that if you like put it like a substance on you you would live forever yeah. or if you put a substance over lead it would change or you use the stone in the creation yeah. of an elixir yeah so like that is something that like I had read about and then like it made me want to like go more into it. so like so for Nicholas Flamel is in terms of Harry Potter yeah it's he's very only like touched upon in the series yeah so it's just the first book mainly um for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone which in the UK it's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and that's like the basis of it it's the Philosopher's Stone and it's like in the story um there is this item and we find out that it is the philosopher's stone and um Dumbledore is really trying to keep it protected because his old friend Nicholas Fumel who he is friends with had created it um and used it to create the an elixir of life for himself and for his wife Mm -hmm. um and Lord Voldemort who is trying to get his hands on it essentially but like it's important to note that um lord voldemort in the story he's only actually wants it to restore his body not to actually make the elixir of life because he doesn't want to depend on anything he doesn't want to depend on needing to take an elixir forever because for instance um at the end of the story they dumbledore has the stone destroyed so that way nobody like voldemort can get their hands on it because in the story the philosopher's stone that nicholas flamel created was the only one that had ever mm-hmm. been created yeah it was still like this supposition of like has other people made it before yeah, yeah, we yeah. only think that nicholas flamel had made it yeah. and in the book um dumbledore is in communication with flamel and he 
he's the only one known to have actually have made it. And in the end, they destroy it, which essentially also destroys Nicholas Flamel and his wife because they, they, they can't drink the, the elixir. They were living off the elixir that they can now not take anymore. Yeah. In the end of La Fosse's own, Dumbledore basically is just like, basically they made enough elixir left to put their affairs in order, yeah. but they were happily doing that mm -hmm. because they were alive for so long because yeah. this is the the saucer stone takes place in um the early 90s yeah like the early 1990s yeah. so at that point they were alive for like over 500 yes, years yes, yeah and so they basically were like it's more like going to a nice long rest rather than just dying yeah because they've lived for so yeah. long yeah so yeah, but I just thought it was like really cool to note that like Voldemort wasn't using it. Like he just wanted to use it to fix his body because that is like something that um like is one of the uses of the elixir. Yeah. Like as aside from being able to uh, like um turn metal into gold, it's just to create the elixir itself. And I was able to find out some cool stuff about the elixir yeah. in life in general. If you're interested, definitely go for it because it's like basically the extent of Nicholas Flamel. Yeah, Nicholas in Flamel Harry Potter. is just oh well. In Harry no, Potter. in Harry Potter, but, like in general too. Like Nicholas Flamel really isn't like the reason why. Like no one really knows why. Like people have pointed him out. To as be this famous alchemist this famous alchemist when there's really like nothing it kind of makes yeah. you wonder like i mean for one is he this famous alchemist yeah. that actually like was able to yeah. create the elixir of life yeah. but for two like why was he chosen why was he chosen like if, if this one? is like if this is a myth like um, why yeah. was he chosen as a figurehead yeah, I mean, him being a real person, it's not yeah. like he is myth like he is a real person, but why? But, was he but it's also to be like out of all alchemist? of the pot, like we do know actual alchemists, like yes. so, like why is like especially he wasn't he didn't claim himself to be an alchemist. No, so since we do know actual many... alchemists, it's kind of like People why weren't unsure. they the ones that are chosen? People are unsure, other than like you know those rumors of illegal business. Mm -hmm. People are unsure if he even dabbled in alchemy. Yeah, so, so it's like fascinating it's like that there's a kind of like a it like almost a makes you wonder if there's like this giant conspiracy behind it. Like yeah. he like he was just chosen because of the fact that he had such a simple wife that led to like kind of nothing like yeah, that was like a nothing. not nothing in terms of like legacy but like he didn't have like these scientific yeah. things that people would be stealing after or anything exactly. like that it's kind of like it could kind of just end with him so it almost like i i pictured like other alchemists that yeah. are successful in creating the elixir of life being like well we don't want to be known as the person who created it because we don't want to share it oh so my let's god so pick nicholas like Flamel this as this random Frenchman guy in the 14th century because it kind of ends with the buck up there like you know what i mean Almost like that's like how conspiracy that's how like, i picture it like of, he it doesn't have this deep history it's so it's so deep because it's like it was unquestioned for a century. No one questioned the fact that Nicholas Flamel came yeah. up like with the Sorcerer's Stone discovered or the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, and it's kind of just like that's why it makes me think like you know he really could have just been a scapegoat for yeah. all of these, for people. All these people it, it, who like yeah. actually figured shit out. Yeah, Ooh, right. Yeah, it makes me wonder because that's when I was doing my research. I was like, oh my god, like he really was just like this, this ordinary guy. guy. <laughs> well, maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe they want this unassuming guy. To kind of like put that in place yeah but so yeah tell me more about the elixir of life yeah so like i did look into it because i had only ever known about it in terms of like you know it being this alchemical creation yeah, 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 that yeah. can be used but um it has like literally hundreds and hundreds of names because it's been an idea around for so long 
Um, it's also referred to as the elixir of immortality. Um, and again, like we talked about, the philosopher's stone is highly um, tied to the idea of the mm-hmm. elixir of life because it's used to make it. But the word elixir itself wasn't used until the seventh century AD. And, like, I love finding out, like, the etymology of, like, words and stuff like that. And I found out that the word was introduced in late Middle English through the Latin form of the Arabic word. Um, I am butchering the pronunciation, but it's, like, al-ixer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, basically, like, that itself comes from, like, a Greek word, which I cannot say, which was a, um, basically translated to powder for drying wounds, which we know, like, an elixir is, like, a substance used to enhance, like, yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, we do know that that's what elixirs yeah. are. Um, but it is an, a potion that's thought to give immortality or to you or to cure sicknesses and diseases Mm -hmm. so it's not just for immortality it's also to just like physically help you your body like feel better like that's why like Voldemort was trying to use it not for immortality which you would think because that's what he wanted but he didn't want to be dependent on it so he just wanted to use it to literally restore his body yes um so the idea first came up, um, I mean, it's, it's always hard to track where an idea fully, fully originated, but it first came up in India and in China before heading over to Europe. Um, in China, a lot of the, like, mixes made by alchemists and different people happen to contain mercury and other toxic substances, um, which I kind of thought, like, reminded me of how we mentioned in Femin- Feminine Frankenstein, um, John Dipple mm-hmm. and his oil. Yeah, Since we know that, like, he tried to make an elixir of life and um, it was actually just, like, these toxic substances. Yeah. That was often the case. Is yeah. That they're, um, they are, you know, poisonous substances. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're trying to turn these base substances into something more. Yeah. Um, so, for example, some of the mixtures were made by Sun Simeo, which um, he was around in around 581 to 682 uh, CE. He's also known as the King of Medicine. He was a famous Chinese physician, um, and he wrote, like, a lot of texts. Um, he was a huge contributor to Chinese medicine. He wrote down recipes for literally, like, thousands of medications in his text called essential formulas for emergencies worth a thousand pieces of gold. And he also wrote on how to properly treat patients. Um, like as in like to really care for mm-hmm. the patients. Yeah. He was this huge figure in Chinese history, but also just history itself um, in actual medicine. Um, but he did also was known to have his hand in alchemy. Um, his He had these elixirs and they all contain substances like sulfur, mercury, the salts of arsenic, other mm. poisonous substances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he featured these elixirs in his famous text. The It's called Essential Formulas for Alchemical Classics, <laughs> which is pretty dope. Like, I just love that there's, like, this figure that's, like, um, so well known for, like, true scientific mm-hmm. um progresses like yeah, by writing yeah, yeah. down these like actual recipes for things but then also like had his hands in these like alchemical workings yeah. it's just so freaking cool um and a lot of chinese emperors would actually seek out these elixirs and some people even died including one emperor um due to ingesting substances that like that and precious stones yeah because they would like ingest like things like jade and stuff like that and in the hope that it would confer their longevity because we do yeah. know that things like jade and stuff like that is known for longevity and health and healing yeah but they would consume it and literally just die because of it um and then over in india at the same time people don't know if it was like simultaneous or if these texts came from between india and china who it went to first um 
but like a lot of them all like I said like even with Sun Simeo um a lot of it really was for medical purposes like first before these search for immortality you know what I mean um in India we have the word Amrita which means immortality in Sanskrit it's referred to in Hindu texts as a drink of immortality or an elixir of life and it is thought of as the drink of the devas who are the the divine beings or Mm -hmm. like the deities in Hinduism there's this beautiful creation story about the substance of um Amrita itself which I'm not going to get into because it's really lengthy but I highly recommend people look into it because it's just absolutely beautiful um anybody who consumes even the smallest amount of Amrita will gain immortality. And um, in India, they were less focused on elixirs for immortality and more focused on elixirs composed of minerals intended for longevity and health. And then, um, like, so I thought it was just cool, like, learning about, like, there was also mentions of it in Greek and um, Mm -hmm. in Greece and Japan. Japan also really old, but definitely they found, like, its basis in Indian and Chinese cultures and I just thought it was like incredible because like not only did I learn about like the origin stories of the elixir of life but then like I was like look at these awesome people that were like dabbling in like Like alchemy like alchemy and Um, also medicine yeah like things that we use in modern medicine medicine. and it's like it's just well that was the thing like looking for the philosopher's stone it like really set the basis of like finding like all this information for like modern day chemistry yeah i know and it's it's like it's insane insane to see like how similar everybody was testing everything i know like they were getting so much information not for what they wanted but like for for everything everything else else. yeah and and for what they wanted yeah exactly yeah like it's just like it's cool to see how alchemy how alchemy is like so tied to like modern medicine yeah or like you know in what we think of the term modern medicine Mm -hmm. and i just got such a kick out of that but but yeah so like you know, Harry Potter, like the Philosopher's Stone and Nicholas Flamel isn't, it's kind of more mentioned as um, a topic, like rather than like a story arc. Like, you know what I mean? Like a plot point. It's like the use of like introducing like Voldemort and Um, what he is intending on doing in the rest of the series. So, but, so it's not as big as I'm assuming. I've not read the book that you mentioned. What was it again? Oh, uh, The Alchemist. Well, that's the name of the first book, Mm -hmm. but it's The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. And so it's, um, Nicholas Flamel and his wife and like these two kids that kind of just go on a journey with him. I definitely need to read that. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I only read the first book Mm -hmm. and it was like years ago, but I would definitely read it again at some point. I definitely will read it because I definitely want to, I mean, I'm fascinated by the man, the myth, the legend that is Nicholas Flamel. Well, yeah, that was definitely my first my first introduction to yeah so it was like pretty cool so fun i was so fascinated thank you so much for doing the research on nicholas mel because like i really only knew him as like this base character and i didn't not even just character like i knew he at one point supposedly existed yeah. but i didn't realize how mysterious his yeah was. he is so mysterious and i even like doing research i thought he was so much bigger than he actually mm-hmm. was especially reading that that book like how many years ago the the alchemist the secrets of the immortal nicholas Flamel, because i obviously have to say the whole, <laughs> whole title um, because it was just so, the book itself is so exciting and it like interweaves so many different like mythologies. Um, like, so like you, you meet Hecate in the book Ooh, and that's, that's like so that cool. scene. I remember that scene. It's so exciting. And you like 
see um, Yggdrasil, which is like wow. the, like the mythological tree in Norse mythology. And I think at some point you meet Bast, this is so who like is in Egyptian mythology, the cat goddess. I really need to read that. Yeah, it's really now that I'm thinking back to it, it's really exciting. He interweaves a lot of different things, and that's cool. Who's at the base of it? Nicholas Flamel and which his is elixir like, of life with his wife, just kind of like doing stuff. But that's like so cool because, like, I mean, for one, the fact that he is just like a plot able to be used as a plot point to like yes. further other plots is just really cool yeah. and like for two like just like the idea of like him possibly being like this figure that could have lived through all of all these, these different things. centuries and stuff like that yeah and learned like, all this stuff yeah and like what how he could have gained the connections between all these other mythologies and stuff exactly it's so like cool. if he could come up with the philosopher's stone he could definitely meet gods and goddesses yes you know what i mean it's just like it's so fun like i it does make me wonder, though, like, the, the sparsity of his history that we have, it does make me wonder, like, who, who, who is was Nicholas And, like, who was one that proffered his, like, history? Like, who yeah. was the one that, like, really, like, then... Sparked it? Yeah. Who was really, like, oh, Nicholas Flamel is the one that made the Philosopher's Stone in the first place, so... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I want to know, like, true. how... It's kind of, like, it is such a mystery. It's it, just, like... I mean, all of... He's it. really just a normal guy. I know. And, and it's, like, And people are, why? like, did he even, like... There's did conspiracy he touch, here. Yeah, like, did he even touch alchemy? Like, yeah. Like, that's what gets me more yeah. than anything. The the thing that gets me more than anything is, like, a like we know there were... Like, we know of alchemists. Like, yeah. we know... Like, yeah, we know what didn't work. But I mean, we could have like, very well, like played around with it but there was nothing like defining no like there's life. not like there's not like this like one guy that is like specifically like oh yeah he practiced and that alchemy. person who sparked nicholas Flamel being an alchemist could he have taken his bones or could he have been the one that actually created the philosopher's stone if if it had been created if it if it had been created which i'm not i don't know no i mean it's a fanciful to. idea mm-hmm. like i mean even if it wasn't just for to create something like the elixir of life to yeah. make something make somebody immortal but to to extend mm-hmm. one's life yeah. it's so fanciful to think of and people were also saying too um that like if jk rowling never put nick flamel in her book people probably wouldn't be talking about him today hmm. even though they have like that book the alchemist oh mm-hmm. uh, well a- you know the alchemist isn't as big as harry potter a true, lot of true. people have read harry potter that's very true. Not everyone, of not course. Everyone, <laughs> but, which I get it. Which, speaking yeah. of Harry Potter, that reminds me, like, or not reminds me, but I do want to state, like, I am a huge freaking Harry Potter fan. Like, we know this. We've talked about yeah. it on the podcast. I still grind your gears about the fact that you haven't <laughs> read it because you need to read the series. Megan um, and I made a deal that if she reads the first, if she reads the first Percy Jackson book, I'll read the first. Um, which I Harry want Potter to book. read the first. So Percy we'll Jackson. we'll get we'll get to that point. We to that point. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, but in the meantime, like what I was saying, so um, with regards to Harry Potter, um, I do need to know it is like a, it's a safe space, the series for so many people, like including myself, like I've grown up with it. It's something that's so comforting to me. And I know I keep talking about like everyone needs to read it and I highly yeah. recommend everyone needs to read it. But um, I'm not a fan of JK Rowling and her transphobia, like the blatant transphobic nature of how she is as a person is so disappointing and disheartening. Mm -hmm. And I do want to let people know that 
though I'm going on and on about Harry Potter, I am separating the art from the artist. 100% separating Mm -hmm. those two things. This is a safe place for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we literally mean everybody and we are not condoning any of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I needed to say that because I go on my Harry Potter rants like all the time and I need to note like it's the it's the text itself that I'm (laughs) it's okay it's okay I know like differentiate it's because it's like like it is like that's like this it's It's such a coming out a lot it has and it's like and this is like it's so disappointing and like gross Especially because of the fact that, like, the whole point of, like, the Harry Potter series is, like, finding family and comfort and finding yourself mm-hmm. and fighting the bad guys. And it's, so it's just, like, you know, like, it sucks. Keep it, with the message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. practice what you preach. Yeah. You we know? appreciate that. But I do want to, like, let everybody know that, like, that's, that's not something that we're supporting. So, um, yeah. But anyways, mm-hmm. just regarding Nicholas Fennell... I'm really glad that I learned all this stuff. Yeah, and I, I was I was excited to actually dive into the Yeah, no, and anything that has to do with, like, alchemy or anything yeah. that's weird or mysterious, yeah. I'm all for it. Stuff. All, all of it. Yes. So, if, yeah. If, if you, you guys have your own stories about alchemy or Nicholas Flamel, or maybe mm-hmm. you know something that we don't regarding that. Which, have you seen Nicholas Flamel? Have you seen this person? <laughs> if you have let us know you can reach us at our website out of the average pod.squarespace.com you can also go to our instagram and see what we got going on over there at out of the average pod and then we also have an email that you can email our your thoughts at at out of the average pod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I added an extra app. Oh, so, so many social media tags. I know, right? <laughs> and our name is quite a mouthful, but I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we hope you guys reach out to us. Let us know what you think. And in the meantime, stay weird. Stay weird, friends.